Hi, everybody. Welcome to this, the inaugural edition of Conversations with the Mad Hatters, where the hat matters. And it's really important that, uh, that we explain that to you. And we will in just a moment. I'd like to introduce you at this time to my broadcast partner, a gentleman I've known for a good little while now. And he brings so much to the party. I'm so grateful to be sitting uh, across the, the microphones with him. Uh, we hope that we're going to inform, educate, and entertain you. Uh, say hello to my broadcast partner, King Carter, everybody. Hello, it's King Carter. It's good to be with all of you here today. And uh, it is an honor for me to be across from the table from my partner. Uh, Ray is a good man. And I'm happy to be here. The King is in the building. The King is in the building. Ray Corona on the mic here across from the King. So people might be asking themselves, why should we be tuning into yet another podcast when there are so many podcasts uh, quite uh, honestly littering the airwaves? Well, because each one is unique. And I think there's room enough, there's bandwidth enough uh, for for more than one, certainly more than a thousand, more than 10,000 podcasts, because as we like to say, there's something for everybody here. Uh, so today we'd like to start this inaugural by explaining uh, the genesis of conversations with the Mad Hatters. I'm going to throw it to my partner, King Corona. King Corona. Uh, King, King Carter. I'm Ray Corona. <laughs> this is always going to be a challenge for us <laughs> as, we, as we learn our, our spoken identities. Uh, to explain to you what, what exactly we mean by uh, where the hat matters. King, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, in the challenge of uh, coming up with some information about this, because I think it came to us in a kind of intuitive way, and now I'm seeing that the it meant something deeper. It's almost like meaning was coming from the subconscious for Ray and King, and so here's what I have found. You know, that uh, Ray, that hats, technically, are some of the earliest things we call garments, they have discovered that hats were on heads going back to the Egyptians, going back to the Mesopotamians, going back to the earliest civilizations in the world. In fact, I think that probably they were covering their heads and then they were covering their genitals with uh, a loincloth and the two were hand in hand. So it makes sense in a way that first it started as protection, but then it became something quite honorable and quite important. And I think the reason for that is a couple of quotes that I pulled uh, from uh, online, and one is this interesting line, which I found, which says, the hat represents authority and power because it covers the head. The hat contains thought. Therefore, it is charged and an opinion is changed. The covered head shows nobility, and the different hats signify different orders within the social hierarchy. A hat and a ring can be a challenge or a competition. Now, the pharaohs wore hats, all of the leaders wore hats, and eventually everyone wore hats in those early societies, and they were important. They, they spoke to caste systems. They spoke to social systems. Very interesting stuff. The other thing about that that I find interesting is this quote I found, which is, hats are like everyday crowns for ordinary people. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like interesting. Interesting that your name is Ray and my name is King, and we happen to be talking about crowns without even knowing about it. Its primary use is to protect the head, which is the most crucial part of the body. It houses the brain and a symbol of intelligence, reasoning, and spirituality. Ooh. So hats have been very important throughout society. They have been um, festooning, adorning, if you will, uh, the tops of our collective heads for... Uh, eons, right? For uh, since, Absolutely. Since, since we crawled out of the slime, if you want to look at it that way, hats do matter. And, uh, and hence the, the catchphrase for our podcast, Conversations with the Mad Hatters, where the hat matters. As you were describing, hats and the earliest hats were probably used to cover the head. And then perhaps even uh, you mentioned the genitals. I, I go back to that because <laughs> as you mentioned that, as you mentioned that, the uh, the visual that I got was, of course, whenever we used to see a, a Benny Hill uh, a parody on, on television, it would always be when they would pull the sheet away, the man would take off his hat immediately and cover his genitals with it. And that's that's just something that is a natural reaction. You take off your hat, you cover the front. If you're lucky enough to have another hat, you cover the back, you cover the front and the back. Mm. Isn't that the hat's always there for you to use in any way you need to use it. 
other than on your head. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, because it speaks directly to how we see ourselves here on this podcast, is Lewis Carroll's famous story, Alice in Wonderland. You know, it's interesting that if you Google Alice in Wonderland, you know what comes up? Not Lewis Carroll's book, the movie. That's the first thing that comes up, how our society has changed. Kind of a disrespect for that poor guy, Lewis Carroll. But at any rate, uh, the, from Lewis Carroll, the Mad Hatter says, have I gone mad? And Alice says, I'm afraid so. You're entirely bonkers. But I'll tell you a secret. All the best people are. I love that. That's a great, that's a great line, isn't it? Great line coming from Lewis Carroll's brain. It, it, it validates it validates that, you know, not everybody that's insane or that comes across as insane is so because there is a fine, very fine line between eccentricism and genius. You know, we, we absolutely and, and back in the time when when hatters did go mad and the reason they went mad. King, you want to kind of let everybody in on, on that little secret? Why? Why did hatters go mad? Why did hatters go mad? Because they were. Spending a lot of time making hats? Well, they were, but it wasn't just that. It was because they were breathing in the fumes from the mercury that was being used. Oh, that's right. To work with Ray. the felt. Oh, yeah. good. Yep, they had to you put invested me a little bit there. They you invested to, me a little listen, bit. Listen, this is, happens from time to time, and, yeah. and, and eventually we'll have a bell here on set that whenever one of us bests the other one, <laughs> there it is. we'll have to ring that bell. Yeah, there you but go. But that's, that's how they went mad. You know, 30 years worth of working with felt, mm-hmm. and, and the mercury was used to manipulate the felt and to make the felt pliable to, so they could form different hats, they, they went literally mad. Well, how about this? The dunce cap. Do we know about the origins of the dunce cap? I can tell you this. I do know that we see the dunce cap as the kid in the class who's having problems. Uh, the teacher decides to separate him from the group, puts him in the corner with a conical-shaped hat on his head. Well, I found out over the years in doing some research on this that there was once a belief in metaphysics that the shape of an object can impart an energy. You probably know about it's in foil hat. pyramids. Yes. People believe that pyramids uh, create a repository and for energy, a certain kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Well, it was believed actually at one point that if you put a conical shaped hat on your head, it would increase your intelligence. Oh, my goodness. That is and lovely. So isn't that interesting? So, in fact, it wasn't. The stupid person sits in the corner wearing a conical hat. It's the person that we want to help. Needs the most help. Needs the most help. Also, that conical hat shape is associated with witches. And it's also believed that witches wore conical shaped hats to bring energy from the universe at a kind of metaphysical level into their minds, into their heads. So uh, hats can be very important in a whole variety of ways. It's really pretty interesting that our society has sort of moved... Uh, a little bit away from hats. Hats are on the, there is a renaissance of hat wearing going on now, of course. I don't think that hats will ever be probably what they once were in our society in America in the 20s and 30s when virtually everybody wore hats. But I do think that hats are kind of back. Uh, Now, let me uh, pull some more information for you uh, along that line. Um, Did you know uh, my father, my daddy, my daddy wore a hat, Ira Carter, and he wore a hat all the time, and uh, he called it his chapeau. Oh, it was very interesting. Well, when I was a boy, he would say chapeau, and I had no idea what he meant by that other than he was just being a little fancy. A little French, perhaps? Yeah, maybe a little French. A little fancy pants? Yes. I found out later that um, he, during World War One. Oh, I'm revealing my age a little bit. A little bit. During World War One, he spent nearly two years in France. And so whenever he said the word chapeau, that was a little nod from him about that French culture that had an impact on him, that uh, had he had many great and interesting memories, uh, some uh, not so good. But being in France probably was a huge life changer for that American boy. And so uh, chapeau, he always liked to say chapeau. And... Um, uh, I was looking at this word, and f- chapeau signifies a hat or other covering of the head. In a metaphorical meaning, chapeau is an internationally used exclamation to express respect to a personality encountered. Historically, persons of status up to the first half of the 20th century wore hats that were lifted to greet respectfully. Okay? So 
we used hats as a way of greeting each other. Before the handshake was popular, men and women were both tipping their hat, Doffing. touching their hat, a tip of the hat to you, right? So uh, I find that pretty interesting. Uh, now, let me tell you this. I had to go in and find out what Freud said about hats. That's pretty interesting stuff. And it turns out that Freud had an actual observation about hats in the dream state. Sigmund Freud said that when uh, you have a hat in your dreams, it is means something fancy. It may be a sign of you wanting admiration or attention. Moreover, it may symbolize social status or fame. Uh, now, have you ever had a, someone wearing a hat in your dream? Not that I can recall. Not mm. not that I can recall. Perhaps ball caps because I have had dreams of being on the baseball field or dreams of being on the football field. So, you know, whatever athletic endeavor we're participating in, whether it was playing high lie, you're going to have a, a helmet on or a hat on. So in that regard, yes. And I guess if I think deeply enough about it, I would probably say yes, because who hasn't had a period piece dream where you're uh, and it's in the 1940s or 50s, and all of a sudden you become Mickey Spillane and you're wearing a fedora because you're investigating a crime. Interesting. I have to say yes. Yeah. I've had dreams in which people are specifically more than one. And so this symbolism must be strong in my mind. I've had dreams in which men are wearing top hats with tuxedos mm -hmm. and the women are evening, wearing evening gowns with jewelry. And... What does that mean? Well, it seems to mean that they're kind of high-class individuals, maybe a little elitist. But I think what it means in my dreams, the way that it's come across symbolically, is they represent the status quo. They represent a kind of cultural authority. This is the way it is done. We come together. We dress up. We drink high cocktails. We dance. Okay. So that's kind of how I see apparently top hats. And I've had that in my dreams many times. And for those that are listening, because we, we don't have the visual component currently, uh, as we as the podcast continues to evolve and our production becomes more and more uh, precise and, uh, and, and we offer more uh, pro uh, production value, uh, you'll see that we are absolutely wearing our hats today. Because how could we possibly be doing a podcast uh, named Conversations with the Mad Hatters and not be wearing our hats. So the proper terminology is, is uh, when you put on your hat, you're donning your cap. And when you take off your hat, even as, if it's in the form of a tip of the hat, it's doffing the cap. So when a ball player comes out and he's waving goodbye to the fans on the on the field of play, yes, yes. he takes he waves his hat, he is doffing his cap. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, to that end... Uh, why is there this tradition that you shouldn't wear your hat indoors? Ah, I found this interesting, that hats worn indoors have been traditionally seen as a sign of respect. Now, I think we've lost that a lot now, particularly with ball caps. Uh, guys are wearing ball caps everywhere in restaurants and wherever they go. Usually backwards. And often backwards. And I can, by the way, comment on that too. But uh, the tradition of men removing their hats indoors is thought to date back to the practice of medieval knights removing their helmets when entering a building as a signal of friendly intent. I'm not doing battle with you now. I am going to remove my helmet. You see that I've left my skull unprotected. And so consequently, I'm a good guy. So that's where this respect comes from. I find that pretty interesting. Um, also, uh, along that line, when you were talking about wearing the hat backwards, I started to think about that, and I started doing a little research in that, and uh, the backwards cap was first worn on the baseball field by catchers. Correct. Yes, to keep the brim out of the way and their protective mass, to keep them out of the way of their protective mass. But it caught on as a cultural phenomenon following Mr. Sylvester Stallone's 1987 arm wrestling movie, Over the Top. Can you imagine? Sylvester Stallone, in addition to Rocky, had a huge impact in the culture. And I will, I will also uh, interject, and we could verify this. Uh, there was a baseball player mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s uh, who was uh, of a certain pedigree. Mm -hmm. uh, his father was a Major League Baseball player as well. His father was Ken Griffey mm -hmm. Sr., and he was Ken Griffey Jr., mm -hmm. or Jr. as he was known popularly. Uh, and he wore his hat backwards, like mm -hmm. before uh, 
when they were taking on-field practice before a game, he would always take his batting practice with his hat backwards. When he in, was involved in the All-Star Games, which he seemed to be perennially when he was involved in the home run hitting contest, he would wear his hat backwards. And I think that was a tacit nod saying to everybody else out there, hey, you know, be like Mike, right? Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm, or in absolutely. this case, be like Junior. Right. So everybody Correct. started wearing their hat backwards. And you know your stuff, Ray, because... The next thing on my list was to mention Ken Griffey. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't no. see your notes before King. I no, didn't see your notes, but, okay. but this is good yeah. validation, right? No, that's this, great. And I'm it lets glad every, that you did that. And it lets everybody know that we this is this is a, a conversation in real time between two dear friends and like-minded people, and we do our independent research. Yes, sometimes we will do a rundown for you on the show and say we're going to talk about this, that, and the other, but most of the time what you're going to get from us here at this podcast is an evolving conversation that at times will veer off. You know, we may have to address the current events of the day because it's important that we do so. So I'm glad that you validated my commentary on uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, I find it interesting because I'll be very honest with you. I'm not as uh, sports informed. Um, I'm not as much a devotee as you are. And I was surprised to realize how much influence Ken Griffey had at that time. He, it really was one guy who set in motion a style change. 100%. And he was a 19-year-old phenomenon in the major leagues. Right. You know, he was, he was quite honestly, in the, in the literal sense of the word, a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? He's, he actually was playing in the major leagues alongside. He was playing center field. His father was playing left field on the same team. Can it's you amazing, imagine? And there it? are clips where you see when they were both playing with the Seattle Mariners at the time, you can see where a fly ball would be hit into left center field and uh, both both players, right, both Griffies would mm-hmm. saunter over to get the ball and Junior being the captain of the outfield because that's what is widely recognized the center fielder is the captain, he would go over and snatch the ball out from his father's glove and then kind of look back at his father like, sorry, you know, I'm taller, I'm younger, and I'm right. the center fielder. But, yeah, a wonderful history with that family. And, and of course, what a, what a sea change in our hat fashion all due to one person. Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. Now, you know, George Carlin said uh, if you're uh, – if you're uh, over 50 and a white guy, if you wear your hat backwards, you just look like a jackass. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting. But um, it is true that uh, it looks better on some people than others. How about and, that? And, and like everything else, uh, typically, typically, fashion and fashion forward and fashion leaning and all things having to do with fashion. King, agree with me if you will. Uh, I, I believe it's all geared towards the youth, all geared towards young people. Because first of all, you have the lithe, sinewy shape. Uh, you know, fashion just looks, you know, even if it's outrageous fashion or fashion, you know, we're talking about hats today, and we'll talk about hats a lot on this podcast. So if you're going to come out with a cat in the hat look, you know, and we all know what that looks like. If you're 50 trying to pull that off, good luck. Right. Good right. luck. But yeah. if you're 19 and you're going to a concert course, of course. Well, yeah, you know, and what that also speaks to is that I think that young people have also the creativity. And the to, daring do. And the daring do to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's why so much fashion change comes out of younger generations. And it also speaks to why so much fashion fail happens to people as they get older. We all know the classic example of seeing some 75-year-old man or 85-year-old woman uh, some guy wearing a plaid shirt with his uh, polka dot uh, Bermuda shorts, and you look at him and you go, and you know what it is? I think, I think it speaks to, I think on one side of that coin, you could say, well, they just don't care anymore. They don't care what they look like. But I think in a strange way, it might be that they've actually evolved, and they don't care because it's no longer important. Correct. That kind of stuff is not important anymore. Correct. They have higher priorities than a 19-year-old person has. I would think so. Yeah. So So it's a kind of uh, maturity, maybe, uh, and maybe, in essence, they also just don't care. So I get that. Now, what's interesting about what you said is uh, hats, there is a kind of fashion uh, etiquette about hats that's very interesting. I read, I was reading about this, and I thought, this is interesting, that when should you wear a hat? Well, that's interesting. Would anybody even care about that now? I mean, I see people wearing... People who are really into their hats are wearing them everywhere and all over the place. But 
what I've discovered is that there's kind of a, 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 a taboo that you should be applying yourself to, and it's this. If you're a man, you should be wearing a hat because of fashion, or you should be wearing a hat to protect your head. Now, I, as someone who's gotten older with less hair on my uh, follically challenged scalp, uh, I'm aware of what the sun can do to my scalp. It's very critical. It's very important. That's for health reasons. For health reasons. So hats make a lot of sense to people who have thinning hair or they're bald. But on the other hand, this particular piece of advice I was reading about etiquette said, you should wear a hat as a fashion statement. You should wear a hat to be healthier, but you shouldn't wear a hat to hide your baldness. You should be proud of your baldness. I find that fascinating. That's very interesting. How many men wear a hat continually because they're embarrassed by their own hairline? That's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of effed I up would, a little bit. I would argue that the person who wrote that article probably has a full head of hair. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And I have a personal theory that people that have really good thick hair, they don't like to wear hats. Because their hair, they're showing their hair. Thank you, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Absolutely. We, we, we can talk about that uh, for a moment. That, you know, it was the 1940s and 50s when men were wearing hats. And most, for the most part, they were fedoras. Certainly the younger uh, kids were wearing still maybe their newsboy hats, you know, those kind of uh, Peaky Blinders, if anybody's familiar with that series on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful series. Um, those type of uh, page boy hats. Um, those hats, are, by the way, those caps are actually called... Newsboy caps, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so if you if you want to look and, and see what a newsboy cap uh, hat looks like, uh, you know those are. Hey, you know, uh, hurry, hurry, read all about it. Those kids that were on the corner extra, hawking. Extra, extra. That's what I was going for. Extra, extra. Read all about it uh, for you know five cents a, a copy. Uh, that's what they were wearing. That was their garb of the day. So. You know, 40s, 50s, and everybody's wearing their hats and their suits, and they look magnificent. Think of the Rat Pack. Those fellows look great. Uh, and then John Fitzgerald Kennedy came around with his rather glorious head of hair, full head of hair, and uh, he he wanted to show that off a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so so he stopped wearing his cap, and the men across the country, in deference to their president, said, you know what, if it's good enough for him, I'll, I'll leave my cap in the box and my hat in the box, and, and we, we just got away from it. Well, we did, and actually there are three, uh, those who are experts in the field say that there are three primary reasons that we got away from hats, by the way. Uh, John F. Kennedy was one, and yes, he did have fabulous hair, and Dwight Eisenhower was bald, and Harry Truman didn't have a great head of hair, and so those men also had come into their uh, power days during the 20s and 30s when hats were really popular, and so... Uh, they hung on to that look. But uh, you're correct about JFK, but there are two other interesting cultural phenomena. All right, lay it on. And one is automobiles. So automobiles actually were open air up until about 1930, 1925. Uh, if you remember the earliest automobiles, the Model Ts, the Model As. They the horseless really, carriages. Yeah, they're, they're literally, they don't even, some of them don't even have roll-up windows on the side. They're open like uh, like a Jeep would be today. A or, carriage with a motor. Or an all-terrain vehicle, yeah. And so you wore hats in part to protect yourself even further, okay? So you still needed a hat. But uh, automobiles, enclosed automobiles with roofs, interesting. That started to cause people to say, I don't want to wear a hat inside my car because it's like wearing a hat inside the house. And you're not supposed to wear a hat inside the house. It's disrespectful. Say remember? nothing for the clearance, because if you ever try to drive your car with a hat on, you're going to bump up against it. There the you go. Absolutely. So so the, the advent and the progress of automobiles that are enclosed became one reason that hats sort of fell a little bit in disfavor. And then the other thing that's very interesting is that young men returning from World War II, which JFK was one, yes. had to wear hats during the war. They were forced to wear hats. And when they came home, many of them didn't want to wear hats anymore. It's fascinating. All of that trauma in World War II, and I think we could make a case that as traumatic as the Vietnam War and any other war, World War II, oh, what a hellish war in Brutal. so many ways. Brutal. Brutal. And so these men returned home, the ones who lived, and said, I had to wear a hat. I had to wear a helmet. I ain't wearing one now. And so they, the, this trend 
1955, 1950, 55, 60, they started to move away from wearing hats. So it really was a kind of combination of automobiles, World War II, and JFK that all came together and made the hat so unpopular that by uh, 1965, 70, no adult men in our culture were wearing hats anymore. Uh, my father wore hats, and I would see every now and then an old-timer. My father was 58. He was in World War I. So uh, he was 58 when I was born. So he was an old-timer by those standards. But I would see old-timers wearing hats, fedoras mostly. Um, there were no baseball caps to speak of mm -mm. back then. There were some fishing hats that mm -hmm. were kind of like baseball caps. That's right. They were caps. And that was it. That's all men wore. And uh, it was a very different world. So what has happened is that we had a period of time where we said goodbye to the hat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, hats. We don't want you anymore. And now they've sort of come back, right? Rock stars are wearing hats. And, and oh, they're a fashion movie accessory. stars are wearing hats. They're a fashion accessory. I, I, would, I would argue that you know men uh, in particular— have uh, precious little in the way of, of fashion uh, options, accessories. Uh, speaking of accessories, you know, women can put uh, ribbons and bows and, and barrettes and all kind, all manner of accoutrement in their hair, right? They can wear their hair this way and that. Mm -hmm. But men, if we're fortunate enough to have a good head of hair, you know, uh, a hat, a pair of glasses, a wrist watch, maybe a fancy bow tie. If you fancy yourself a bow tie wearing kind of a guy, these are all things that could set you apart. Uh, in a fashion sort of a sense. Absolutely. I personally, I think hats are very functional as well. We live in the deep south where the heat and uh, and the sun is always prevalent. Hats can actually help save you by keeping you cool, by keeping you, if you're a light-eyed person like my good friend King Carter, uh, you know, from getting cataracts if you're trying to protect your eyes. So mm -hmm. hats, functional, fashionable, Necessary, I think. Oh, yes, and they've they're become very popular. And for me, when I wear hats all the time. I probably currently own 50 hats, I'm guessing. I don't even know. It could be more than that, actually. Every time I see a new hat I want, I can't resist it. You, are truly, treat. you are truly a hatter. We're trying to determine whether you're mad or not. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little mad, but uh, at any rate. Uh, stark raving, everybody. Stark, stark raving, yeah, raving. there we go. So... Uh, yeah, when I wear a hat, I feel like I'm distinguishing myself apart from others a little bit. I get to be a little different. I like that. I like that look. And uh, I've gotten a little older now, and I think the hat is very keeping with my appearance. I think it works. Uh, so, uh, and one of the things that I've done over my uh, illustrious career as a humanoid on planet Earth. As a hominid with a biped. By a bipedal hominid, is that... Uh, um, I did a little two-stepping along the way, some dancing. Okay, yeah. a little boot scooting. Yeah, went a little boot scooting and a little two-stepping. And uh, in the process, um, wore cowboy hats. Had no reason As to wear As one would. Ha well, I had no reason to wear cowboy hats. I didn't grow up in Texas. I have this fantasy image. You weren't a rancher. I don't know if it's accurate, but I imagine that everybody in Texas, every man in Texas wears a cowboy hat. I know that's not true, but that's how I see it. It's not far from the truth. It's though. probably not far from the truth. Yeah. I know it's a very popular trend there, and uh, cowboy hats are very interesting. Also, culturally uh, very traditional. Very traditional. That's also, how they know them. Uh, Mexicanos love cowboy hats, by the way. And Tejanos, yes, which are Mexicanos from Texas. Yeah, Tejanos, absolutely. So I had to touch upon the cowboy hat, mm -hmm. and what I discovered is. That uh, if you have a cowboy hat on your head, make sure that it's tipped up for luck. You see this very often. You'll see some guy wearing a cowboy hat. I've always thought it looks goofy a little bit. On the back of your head a little bit. With the back on the kind of back of his head with his forehead showing. Uh, well, that actually has a symbolic meaning. Ah, this is interesting. Uh, you going around with your cowboy hat, playing your guitar, uh, singing to the prairie. Thinking, thinking Roy Rogers right about now. And you're getting some Gene good Autry, luck. singing yeah, cowboy. Absolutely. Um, and no matter what you do, don't ever set your cowboy hat on a bed. Oh, why? Because it's commonly held superstition that a hat, a cowboy hat set on the bed invites bad luck to enter your home. Hmm. Now, that's kind of interesting because when I was a boy, again, my daddy Ira said to me one time about talking about his chapeau, he said, son, you never uh, put a hat down on the brim. Never set it flat on the brim. Always set it on the crown upside down. I said, oh, really? Why do you do that? And he says, because uh, you'll misshape your 
your brim. Your brim will just become flat and you don't want it to be flat. So uh, there is actually an etiquette in how to set your hat down. And I see people do it all the time. Now you're wearing in a very attractive bowler derby today, which is considered a harder hat. You can set that hat on its brim and it won't deform that's correct. the brim. That's correct. But that's one of the few hats. And so I see people wearing hats and I see that they're they don't wear their hats with any kind of real style. You know, you you have to get the right size hat. First of all, how many times have you seen some goofy guy? He's got a hat that's too small on his head. He, he, you know, he looks like or, a pinhead. Or too big. Yeah, or you, too big. You've got to get way. a properly fitting right. hat. You've got to get a proper fit. It's like your clothes. It's like your, your shoes. shoes. Yeah, right, right. You don't want to have those clown shoes on, right? Flippity-flop, <laughs> flippity-flop. <laughs> so, Can't keep your hat on your head because a little breeze comes along and it blows <laughs> it off your head. So you have a hat that's not right for your head. Then I see them wear them in a very kind of these very weird kind of ways where they just kind of wear, you know, a little angle is nice, you know, give it a little style. style. Yeah, right, exactly. But the thing is, uh, I will see men, particularly today, a lot of, there's a lot of straw Panama hats that are really popular. If you ever, if you go to a, if you go to a... Uh, In our neck of the woods, certainly. Yeah, if you go to a parrot head concert, and, uh, you know, you're going to see guys... Margaritaville. In, that's, if you go to Margaritaville, you're going to see a lot of guys wearing... Jimmy Buffett has. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Buffett. Type. And I see they're flat. A lot of times the brims are very flat. They've laid their hat down the wrong way. It must be upside down. So, so maybe maybe part of what we're going to do here, besides educating uh, our audience and entertaining them, certainly, and informing them, is uh, we're going to, you know, once again, push the hat out into the centerpiece of what men can consider as a, a fashion statement. But beyond that give you information uh, on proper etiquette with your hat, proper storage of your hat, proper reverence of your hat, right? Because, again, we don't want to, we don't want this to seem like a frivolous conversation. And we are certainly, the two of us, King Carter, Ray Corona, well-versed in all manner of conversation. It just happens that today we're talking hats because we wanted to at least bring you into the conversation as our listeners as to why the name of our podcast is Conversations with the Mad Hatters, Where the Hat Matters. This would be a good time at about halfway through the, the broadcast, the podcast, to, to let you know how uh, honored we are and privileged we are to have our producer and chief engineer uh, in studio with us, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ethan Rothschild. He saw a good thing when it was introduced to him. I've got to take my hat off to him, <laughs> right, and letting him know that uh, we appreciate his effort and, and taking this walk with us that we hope will be a rather long, fruitful, and successful walk. Uh, through the world of podcasting. So thank you, Ethan, for being there and for uh, working uh, the switches and the knobs and making sure that we sound great. We really do appreciate it. My hat off to you, Mr. Rothschild. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And, and you know, so so we, we did we did do a little bit of research. We just didn't come in here riffing wildly. We we went through, and, and as you can see, King has, has um, alluded to some of the things that he found in his research. I'd like to uh, bring up some hatisms. And, and some hat sayings and phrases that most of us use all the time and maybe don't even know the origin or what they mean. Mm -hmm. But we certainly use them, you know. And, and one, for example, is, is the term talking through your hat. Uh, King, have you ever used that expression? Uh, that is not one that I'm hand-in-hand uh, hand with uh, in using it, but I have heard it used a when lot. When you talk through your hat, no, that guy's talking through his hat, man. Right. Talking through your hat means it's to talk nonsense really, or to lie. You know, basically, it's, um, it says here in an interview uh, in, in the world entitled, How About White Shirts? A reporter asked a New York streetcar conductor, what he thought about the efforts to get conductors to wear white shirts like their counterparts in Chicago. This is, of course, New York and Chicago and the, the feud that always exists between those two great American cities. And the conductor replied, ah, they're talking to their hats. So basically they're just, it's a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of BS talking through one's hat. How about this one, King? Eating your hat. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yes. Okay, so use it in the form of a sentence. Use it in the form of a phrase, King. Uh, you know, if that's true, Ray, I'll eat my hat. And boy, you better bring the salt and the pepper and the and the sauce because you might have to eat your hat. But that's, that's how important it was. Because first of all, if you've ever seen a Western movie, if you've ever seen a movie in the 40s or 50s, 
the last thing an actor, the last thing a, a protagonist in that particular scene would want to be is without his hat. And the last thing that he would give away if he was being sent to the gallows or if he knew that it was high noon and he was going to be fine, he, he knew where his hat was going to go because his hat was his identifying moniker. His hat, his hat was his brand. Absolutely. And to that end, by the way, early Hollywood, you know, what generated a lot of early Hollywood were these uh, serial westerns. And all the time, serial westerns, serial westerns. This is how John Wayne got his start. This is how Roy Rogers got his start. Uh, and if, for many years, the western has reigned supreme. We're still making westerns. It's a, it's a genre that it seems to be like detective fiction and horror fiction. It's something that has a, it's an endless glass. It won't leave us. It won't leave us. No, because the West, I believe, uh, represents an American system of value. It's the the old West, the wild West, the open West, the the new frontier, uh, with the, the open rugged, range, rugged individualist, the pioneering spirit. It goes on and on and on that we associate. Even in Europe, they think of they you know like uh, the Americans are called cowboys. We're we're cowboys. In that uh, genre. What was very important was in the beginning, they had to be very explicit and and implicit in what they were symbolizing. And so the good guys wore white hats and the bad guys wore black hats. Now, just imagine like how simplistic that was. And yet it worked on those early serial Westerns. You kind of knew in advance who to follow who was going to be the good guy? And when you saw this sneering villain from around the corner wearing, wearing his black, black hat, you knew he was the villain, right? So, yeah, hats hats even figured deeply into the beginning of Hollywood. So the last thing you'd want to do is ever eat your hat. So you'd ever have wanted to make that kind of a Not bet tasty, because no. because if you had to, boy, that was a bad day for you. How about this one, King? Something that's old hat. What's old hat? Oh, that's old hat. That's that's. Uh, Old school. That's old hat. It's old. It's yeah. dull stuff. It's out of fashion. It's out of fashion. So something that's old hat, ah, man, that's old hat. That's passe. That's yesterday. How about this one? And we talked about this earlier. Mad as a hatter. We talked about it at the top of the show. Totally demented crazy. That's what it means. Totally demented crazy. Hatters did indeed go mad. They inhaled fumes from the mercury that was part of the process of making felt hats, not recognizing the violent twitching and derangement as symptoms of a brain disorder, people made fun of the affected hat makers, often treating them as drunkards. In the U.S., the condition was called the Danbury Shakes for Danbury, Connecticut, because it was a center for hat making in the U.S. Mercury was, is no longer used in the felt making process, in the felt, felting process. Hat making and hat makers today, we're happy to report are safe and sound. Uh, safe and sound. Interesting, isn't it? And the mad and the mad hatter. How far does that go in symbolism in our uh, commercial and entertainment culture? Who wears hats? Uh, on on Batman the TV show, the Penguin wore a top hat. It was so it made such an impression that when uh, uh, Batman was remade, uh, Danny DeVito wore a top hat. Um, who, who else wears top hats that we can think of? Uh, there's uh, uh, the cat in the hat. He, we, he's a little... He's off. He's a little off. He's filter. off. He's yeah. mischievous, he's right? Mischievous. He's mischievous. So we took the symbol, the top hat, which meant authority and higher did the class. Grinch? Did the Grinch who stole Christmas... The Grinch wore a top hat. I believe he did. Yes. And, and, of course, the, the most uh, effective of, of the Mad Hatters uh, was one Willy Wonka... Play, played Ab by, ad admirably, admirably by... Um, Gene Wilder. Thank you, Gene Wilder, but mm -hmm. more deliciously by... Uh, help me. Uh, not River Phoenix. Uh, no, no, no. Stop, stop. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, thank you. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Absolutely. So so, so the, the, the top hat has is, is a duality there, right? Mm -hmm. There's something about it that's regal, right? That's very presidential. That's very political, right? On on inauguration day, even to this day in 2022, the men put their tails on, they wear their top hats. Correct. And the taller the hat, the more prestigious your position was in that administration. Think think Abraham Lincoln with his stovepipe hat. Mm -hmm. But yet it also reflects the madness that is a hatter. So let's let's talk about um, let's talk about another one. I like this one. Hat in hand. 
Take mm. a whack at that one. Take a whack at that one. Oh, you've come to me with your hat in hand. Yes, you we've are. We've all we've all heard that expression. Uh, absolutely, and you are you are coming to me in a weakened position. You are coming to me uh, wanting something. Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be. Can I borrow a few dollars from you, uh, Ray? Or how about you have to do a mea culpa, because you have you have erred. I made in, a mistake. You have erred in judgment. You've made a mistake, and you were coming. And how important was the hat? You took your hat off your head, and you asked the boss for forgiveness by coming to him, hat correct in hand. Yes. I, I, you know this is. I, I hope that everybody listening. Uh, King is finding this as fascinating as as I am, and I think it's interesting. So why not others? That's the way I see and, it. And and that's just the way it is. <laughs> Imagine if you will. So so be in your bonnet. It doesn't refer to a hat necessarily, but let us not forget the ladies, y'all. Oh. Let us not forget the ladies because the ladies actually wore the hats better than the men did. Absolutely, and they still do every May at Churchill Downs when we celebrate. Uh, the great one of the great horse races in this country's history, uh, the, the uh, Kentucky Derby. So a bee in your bonnet, because the women wore bonnets, what, mm -hmm. what, what was that referring to, King? A bee in your bonnet. Well, that means that you are either a little uh, angry mm -hmm. or maybe a little wacky, uh, maybe a little crazy. Too. It's an indication of agitation or an idea that you can't let go of and just have to express something, right? Well, she's got a real bee in her bonnet. You know, she's just, it's aggravating her. It's upsetting her. Yes. And she has to react to it. Yes. She's got a bee in her bonnet. How about this? This is a, this is a great uh, expression that um, became part of our vernacular during the George W. Bush years when he was president, those mm. long eight years. Not, not going to do it. Long eight years. Not going to do it. That was George H.W. But oh, George, George, George w. w. Bush. Yes, I see. Yeah. <laughs> George That's w. right. Yeah. So right. all, all I'm hat, the decider. All hat, no cattle. All hat, no cattle. Strategery. All hat, no cattle. So take a whack at that one, uh, King. What do you think that might mean? All hat, no cattle. Well, I'm going to have to. Uh, I have not heard that before. Okay, well, here it way. is. All hat, no cattle. I'll read it to you rather than explain it to you, and, and then we can talk a little bit about it. All show and no substance. Uh, so when a political yes, figure is talking about, and especially in Texas, in Texas, the la in Oklahoma, the last thing you want to be is somebody referred to as, man, he's all hat, no cattle, uh, meaning he's a drugstore cowboy. Mm -hmm. He wears his hat thinking he's a cowboy because he's got his boots on, but he don't own nothing. Mm -hmm. He don't own no land. He don't have no worth. Mm -hmm. For example, October 2003, Senator Robert Byrd declared that, the, declared that the Bush administration's declarations that it warned the United States as a partner in transforming Iraq were all hat and no cattle, meaning that our intentions maybe weren't that honorable, that we were just talking up a good game. This Texas expression refers to men who dress the part of powerful cattlemen but don't have the herds back uh -huh. home. So that's, that's a great, great expression. I One see. that's maybe lost on most of the country, but certainly not lost it's on anybody. It's probably quite popular in, in Tucson. Oh, no, Arizona, Texas, or New Texas Mexico. Or Dallas. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, buddy, that's the last thing. How about this one? To hang your hat or to hang or, or to not, not to hang your hat, right? To hang your hat on something. Hey, King. This podcast that we've started today yes, has sir. been a long time in coming, and I'll tell you right now, you can hang your hat on that. Yes, sir. You what can hang it? your hat on it. What does that mean, Dee? Yeah, you can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. Absolutely, That's Robert Blake. Son. That's the 1975 <laughs> series Beretta. That was his catchphrase, much like Telly Savalas. We're getting off track now. Yeah, yeah. What was Telly Savalas in Kojak? Oh, well, he was uh, Who when Loves he, Your Baby. Who Loves Your Baby. When he'd solve that mystery, he'd solve yeah. that crime. And listen, let me tell you, today we're talking about hats. But there's no doubt in my mind that we're going to have plenty of show where we're going to talk about television. We're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about music and radio and history. Maybe a little politics thrown in there. There's going to be politics sprinkled all over this. I think politics yeah. will be the powdered sugar confection that sits atop whatever mixture we bring you each and every week. We're going to paint with words, and hopefully at some point you'll actually be able to see us in studio doing the magic at the drop of a hat. Now everybody knows this one. This is this shouldn't be that difficult. King? At the drop of a hat. At that moment. Immediately. Fast. Right Fast, now. Fast. Right, right now. At the drop of a hat. I'll tell you what. That boy, that boy Bubba, he's crazy. He'll fight you at the drop of a hat. So that means that somebody at some point, probably when these two pugilists squared off, there wasn't a bell involved. There wasn't a bell involved to start the fight. But guess what started the fight? King? Uh, the drop of a hat. The drop of a hat. That's right. Um, I, you know, I had... 
Um, I'm sorry, somewhere. I caught you looking. I caught you looking at your iPad. No, 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 I'm no, sorry. no. But I, I, I had somewhere in uh, uh, here something about uh, dropping your hat, um, and um, the the line that I found that was interesting was uh, immediately, instantly, on the slightest signal urging, alludes to the dropping of a hat as a signal. John was always ready to go fishing. At the drop of a hat. There yeah, you go. so, I mean, yeah, that's it. Drop exactly. of a hat could signal anything, right. but it certainly signals something. Right. Something was about to happen. Yes. I love this phrase. We talked about this in pre-production because I just, when I found this list, I had to go over it with you. <clears throat> this one is, is particularly, uh, for me, uh, poignant. It's, uh, the phrase is simply this. Here's your hat, but what's your hurry? Mm, yeah. Here's <laughs> your hat, but what's your hurry? Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. Can you take a whack at that one? Well, you know, you you ha- you wear your hat to the event, right. to the dinner, to the moment, to the family get together, and you take it off when you get in the house, like you might an overcoat in winter in the north, and so consequently your hat is off while you're there. If you're putting your hat on, that means you're leaving. All right. So either a you can signal your guest, I mean your host, I'm out of here time now. To go. I'm putting my hat on, but your host can signal you. It's time for you to go. I'm, you're, you've worn your welcome out. So, uh, you know, here's your hat. Hey, why are you in a hurry? I love that. I love that. I love it's that. It's a backhanded uh, It's a backhanded. Remark. It's yeah. a backhanded. Uh, and it's certainly not a compliment. It says, when someone has taken up enough of your time and you want him or her to leave. So, hey, hey, partner, mm-hmm. here's your hat. What's your hurry? Yeah. That's yeah. your signal. I best be getting along. Oh, I had southern relatives who would say, I best uh, be getting what's along. your hurry? What's your hurry? You're not you're not going, are you? And that would mean before you brought it up. And Correct. Like, well, I wasn't planning on leaving. <laughs> well, everybody's heard the expression thinking cap, right? Again, again. Going back to the dunce cap. There you go. Absolutely. Very good. Thinking cap. To put on your thinking cap in quotations is to give some problem careful thought. Teachers and philosophers in the Middle Ages often wore distinctive caps that set them apart from those who had less learning. Caps became regarded as a symbol of education. People put them on literally or figuratively to solve problems. And, you know, for any of us that have been uh, through the higher education process or or have attended a commencement exercise, isn't it curious to you when you see the provosts and you see the and you see all of the higher level educators, uh, you see those cum laudes and you see those magnificent educators that have been there for 30, 40 years, they're wearing all kinds of manner of cap. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that, King? Yes. And they're funny. They're they're not. I don't mean funny, haha, but they're different and distinct. Mm-hmm. That's because of their level of higher learning. Yes. So so you know the yes. the, the, the mortar the what is it the cap and mortar uh, yeah. it's called a mortar cap. Yeah. 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 But that's that's the basic right. Yes. That's that's you're just graduating. You have to get to six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen, twenty years more of education to get one of the hats. I wonder if that has something to do with uh, the way that mortar is carried on a flat. Uh, I would think so. I wonder if that's it's the transferred case. on that. Flat. By the way, while we're on that subject, I wanted to say that if I'm not mistaken in my research, I have a vague memory of this that the Dunn's cap uh, was has an actual dual meaning in that it was seen as people refer to it as the dunce cap, D-U-N-C-E, correct, meaning uh, that child is a dunce and needs some help. We're going to put a conical head hat on his head and see if we can get some dang energy down into that brain. But the other thing is that if I'm not mistaken, that was developed by an educator uh, either in in uh, England or here in America whose name was Duns, D-U-N-Z. D-U-N-N-S. Oh, oh. I'm, I believe. And we have sort of overlapped two meanings, which I always find that fascinating when that happens, by the way. Oh, we do that. We do that in this culture we do a, lot. a lot. And yeah. what the, the latest phenomenon, King, is, is that uh, we have to have an acronym for everything. Correct. Apparently now we can't just, you know, it's 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 ALF, it's an assisted living facility, because I guess we can't say assisted living facility because it takes too long. Yeah. I don't know, but everything, everything has, has to be shortened. Everything has to be truncated yeah. and has to have an acronym because our attention spans have been diminished. LOL. So. <laughs> All right. Where's my bell? All right. So I, lo- I love this one. I love this one. And then I, we'll end it with the last couple. we got about 10 minutes left in show. And I tell you what, the hour is just flying by. So this one is also pretty funny. Um, all right, I'll, I'll leave the funniest one, for, in my opinion, for last. This one is, if the hat fits, 
wear it, which everybody uses if the shoe fits. Mm-hmm. But actually, and I, I have stopped short these days. I've trained myself. I've retrained myself to, to stop using the phrase, I don't have a dog in this fight because I just think it conjures up some horrible images. Oh, so so I'll, I'll say, I say instead of that, and, you know, sometimes you have to catch yourself because you're doing an interview or you're on TV or you're doing something that requires you to think on your feet quickly. You yes. might just spit that out because it's the first one that you think of. But yes. I, I like to I, I like to say I don't have a horse in this race. That's that's what that's, I'm using. That's a little right. Friendlier. So yeah, a little and it's and it's still bad too because you right. know the, the horses can sometimes break down. That's another tragedy. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> yeah. But if the hat fits, wear it. It's more commonly for us to say if the shoe fits, wear it. It's pretty self-explanatory. He walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It must be a duck. If pretty self, hat, pretty self-explanatory. That's, that's, that's it. But this one coming up here is not quite as uh, self-explanatory. And, and I'm going to, full disclosure, if, if the kids are listening, this might be a time for them to turn away. Oh, well. I'm going to drop a little. It's not even profanity. Yeah, go, by, go by, back. Yeah, yeah by, today, by today's standards, it's certainly not profanity. But this, is, this was a funny saying that I heard. Go, I, I, let me tell you something, Joe. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, yeah. buddy. Let me yeah. tell you something, buddy. All right. And, and I had a grandfather who called everybody Joe because he didn't know anybody's name. And he spoke very broken English. Uh-huh. So so Joe being one of the most common names in America, uh, Joe, Joseph, Joey. So so he just used, he just used that, called, hey, Joe. So from, how a about, king, from a king down to a Joe. I don't how, know what to how, say about from, that. From, but... Willie, from William the CEO to <laughs> Willie the Wino. How about this one? Hey, Joe. Why yeah. don't you go shit in your hat? Oh! Why don't you go shit in your hat? Oh well, no! So so take a take a swing at that one. What do, you, what do you think that might mean? I think I know what that means. Go ahead. I think that means uh, go to double H E uh, go to H E double, double hockey, hockey sticks. sticks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. It does mean that. It, it, it's basically it's an insult to someone who expects something unreasonable from you, right? So right. like somebody comes, you go, hey man, can I borrow five hundred dollars, buddy? Why don't you go shit in your hat? You know, because you, you know, no, you can't have my parking space, buddy. Yeah. No. No. Uh-uh. Why don't you no. go shit in your hat? So so it's just you know that means like you know pull your hat down over your ears and and walk away or or I am assuming that at some point, you know. Uh, it was probably, again, we don't know for sure, for sure, because we weren't there, but you can imagine, you've got a feud, okay, with with the other cowboy from the other district, and you're both riding into town, and you're both there, and you're both sitting at the saloon, yep. drinking your whiskey, and you're getting pretty good and soused up, and if you don't challenge him to go out there to the high noon to the, you know, the, to do the shootout thing, Maybe that's not the day that that happens, but you find him, he's upstairs, and he's left his hat behind. Ooh. So wow. you, you get together with your buddies and you go, hey, y'all watch this. And you take his hat and you take a dump in his hat. Oh. Well, how disrespectful is that? Oh, that's not nice. So, so my point is, go shit in your hat could be you go shit in your hat because you're crazy and you're, you're talking out of your, uh-huh. you're nutty. Uh-huh. Or if I literally take a shit in your hat. I, oh. That's the ultimate. Dis- that, that, that's not that's, fighting words. That's, that's where we have to go out there now with oh, the six shooters. We got to go out there with the six shooters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to settle right. this. One of us is going to get out. Because I, for one, would not like to find my hat filled with feces. Well, there you go. That would be disgusting. There you go. And that's yeah. a funny word, too, King. I just don't know who came up with the word feces to describe <laughs> poo-poo. Because poo-poo is funnier than feces. Well, you know, a lot of these expressions, by the way, it's very interesting. And as crap hats, is funnier than them all. And crap, yes, from Thomas Crapper. Mm-hmm. But the the the, uh, the a lot of these expressions have been altered because hats became less popular. So now I have heard many times, go shit in your hand. There, there you go. Because people were getting rid of hats, you know. And uh, it's very interesting. Go shit in your hat. Yes. Well, we are single-handedly or... or, or in, in Reviving. A, yes, we're going to bring hats back. <laughs> we're going to make hats, uh, once again, popular, not just in a fashion sense, but in a historic sense, right? And, you know, you mentioned that in the, in the 60s and sort of the 70s, and by the 70s, of course, men were wearing their hair as long as girls. Mm. So you didn't want to wear a hat then anyway because mm. you, didn't, you no, wanted no, to show no. you had a beautiful long head of hair. No. You know, think the rock no, and roll. Unless you're the Quaker Oats man. The rock and rollers. <laughs> and that was a different hat altogether there too, right? And the Amish folks, and they're still wearing their hats. They still wear their hats. Absolutely. And so do our, and so do our Jewish brothers uh, wear their hats to cover their head. And think about... And think about that. You you wore something you had to cover your head when you went into church, right? Oh, so absolutely. so and every culture, every every 
culture that we identify, religious culture that we identify, whether it's uh, Judaism, uh, Catholicism or, or Christianity, uh, Buddhism, uh, Muslim, everybody has a cover Right. That is specific to their, and that's how you, you know, sometimes people confuse the Sikhs with the Indians and they're not quite sure mm -hmm. because the Sikhs have a similar type of a turban. Yep. And it's just, to me, it's, it is incre increasingly fascinating. The older I get, the more I, I delve into the subject, the more I'm enamored with it. And I'll Well, George this. Carlin, you know, let me say this very quickly. Mm -hmm. George Carlin said, you know, well, uh, the guy, the, the, the red hats and the blue hats and the opposing teams and the opposing cultures and these guys wear hats and those guys wear hats. And he said, you know, uh, this is how we set ourselves apart from each other. And a whole variety of things are happening there. And he said, basically, hats. I think it's important. Pay attention to that. People wearing hats. I don't know what it's about. Right. But there's right. something, there's something, going, there's there's something going on there, right? But I, I personally, you know how some people say when I see a guy with a dog or I see a person with a dog, a woman, uh, I like them better because I know that their uh, studies have shown that women like to see men walking dogs because it means that that guy can take care of somebody other than himself, Correct. right? But it also sh tells us that they have some degree of compassion and sensitivity. Well, I like it when I see it, when I meet somebody that's wearing a hat, male or female, it doesn't matter. When you're wearing a hat, something tells me you took a little extra care in adorning your head with something special. I just like it. You know, it's just a feeling. Maybe it goes back to my my dear old daddy, but whatever it is, I, I like to see people wearing hats. It makes me feel good. Time and again, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, the hat, because if I'm wearing a hat and it's a fashionable hat, whether it's a, a little pork pie hat or a small fedora or what we consider to be like a Cuban gentleman's hat with a little small brim, straw or felt, mm -hmm. depending on the time of year, if it's a real fashionable hat, people will stop me or and tell me, hey, man, that's a pretty good looking hat. Yeah, yes. That's a, that's a good happens looking, to me all yeah, the time. That's a good looking hat. Absolutely. Hey, pretty sharp that you're wearing a hat. Yes. The other thing that's kind of a uh, throwback for another conversation for another day is the hand kerchief or what most people will just <laughs> say real quickly, handkerchief. Right. Yeah, like it's spelled H-A-N-K, you know. Right. No, it's a hand Kerchief, correct. Because the kerchief is what the women wore, and the hand kerchief is what men folded and put in their back pocket. Mm -hmm. I still to this day will carry a hand kerchief, or if you prefer, <laughs> handkerchief, because yes. I wear glasses. Yeah, and you, you know, some, need to clean. Them. Sometimes you need to clean your yes. lenses. But if somebody is having an issue and they need a handkerchief, mm -hmm. and you pull yours out of your pocket the one that you blew your nose on earlier and wiped your face That with. could be a problem. That's a little weird to me. You I have, have to, to tell be... you, when someone offers me a handkerchief, I almost always have said, mm, thank you, but no thank you. I'm that's okay. where that's where you have to be cognizant of your <laughs> affect. And King, you've got to read the room. You know? Yeah, yeah you got to read the room. Because if right. somebody's handed you a handkerchief, uh, no, no, no. you, know, you yeah. might just want to go, where has that been? No. Oh, I see that it's orange. Were you eating Cheetos earlier today? Because obviously you wiped your mouth with that. <laughs> and you don't want to be disrespectful and say, is that a clean handkerchief you're handing me? But uh, Part and parcel why I carry my own. Absolutely. Now, 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 when you see a damsel in distress and she's having a moment and she's, 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 you know, she's weeping or she's just something else has happened mm -hmm. and she needs something, mm -hmm. if it's clean, I, I absolutely offer it. I don't come across many damsels in distress anymore. Is that, a, is that just an old-timey saying? Well, I think, yeah, only a couple, you're only a couple of centuries off there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I just, I missed it. I missed it completely. <laughs> We've got about two minutes to go. Uh, closing commentary, King, on this wonderful first podcast. We hope that you guys have enjoyed uh, listening to to two mad hatters ramble, but uh, oh, well, I've had I've had much fun. This is great fun, and if it's great fun for me, I'm hoping that somebody listening to it is having fun. Uh, I think we've talked, uh, we've said about everything you can say about hats in a way, and I think that we've uh, I think this should go down in history as the as the great uh, as the great hat uh, lecture of all time because. Uh, we've 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 instilled upon everyone how important the hat is. So there we go. And you know, uh, hatters have been uh, you know on the run since the fifties and sixties. Uh, they're coming back a little bit now, thank goodness, for guys like us that uh, fancy ourselves hatters. Well, you still have a nice uh, full head of hair. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, debatable. Yeah. <laughs> but but I will say, I will say this. Um, you know, there are manufacturers currently 
that that are out there. And one of them in particular is a, is a business called Hats, which is really a unique name, uh, very, very clever and catchy. Hats in the Belfry, which is sort of like nice. Bats in the Belfry. And, and Skip out there at, uh, in, in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, if you're listening and we hope that you get a chance to listen, uh, thanks so much for for carrying on the tradition of hatters. And we hope that, uh, you know, we can sometime maybe have you on the show with us to talk about hats and the business as, as you see it. Uh, and we hope that uh, maybe this is the start of a really nice relationship between conversations with the Mad Hatters, where the hat matters, and Hats in the Belfry. For those of you interested, just go to hatsinthebelfry.com and you can see all manner of beautiful ladies' hats and men's hats available for purchase. I got to tell you, King, I'm grateful. I'm this grateful. Is good. This, this is, is good this stuff. Is, this is good stuff. I have much gratitude. And yeah. we'll be back in uh, hopefully a week's time. And we'll be doing this uh, week after week. And there's my timer letting me know that it's time to say goodbye. So on behalf of everybody out there uh, listening, thank you so much uh, again to Ethan Rothschild for putting our show together today. Mr. Rothschild, yes. Thank you, sir. Uh, King, we're off and running. We're off and running. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll see you again soon. And remember, you can leave your hat on. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>